the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Bill Bunkley Show. We are delighted to have you with us this afternoon, broadcasting from our studios here in the West Shore area of Florida. And uh, I got a question for you right now. I am trying to find on Spectrum, because uh, at home we are Frontier, and we are plugged into Spectrum here at our studios. And I don't know if it's different from Tampa to St. Petersburg to Sarasota, but uh, could someone please help us out this afternoon? If you know the number for Sun Sports, more more particularly, uh, that is the uh, station that's carrying the kickoff to the 2018-2019 season. Uh, Well, no, that's right. Baseball will be wrapped up this year. 2018 season of Major League Baseball here in Tampa. It's the Rays on Sun Network. So uh, if you could have mercy on me, um, I cannot get uh, any kind of a clue where Sun Sports is. And uh, we were going to sort of keep an eye on a game for you uh, during the next uh, couple of hours. As uh, I'm looking right now through Bay News 9 at gate number 6, it is a sellout. And uh, I hope that uh, our local fans, uh, nothing against the uh, folks who are in town from the Boston Red Sox, but it certainly is my hope that uh, once the uh, the crowd gets inside the trop and uh, that first pitch is uh, uh, thrown from the mound, that uh, we have a thunderous support, a thunderous support for the Rays and that uh, we're not going to be outdone on opening day by the fateful of the Boston Red, that being the Boston Red Sox. So 877-943-9673. If somebody could give me a hand and just let me know where um, Spectrum, uh, what Sun Sports is, that would be a great, great thing. Well, we got a great show lined up for you today. Got a couple of guests. Um, I've been talking about the opportunity you have had to win one of our five copies of our Regnery publishing book, Echo in Ramadi, the firsthand story of U.S. Marines in Iraq's deadliest city, written by Scott A. Husing and uh, forward by Major General James Livingston. And uh, we're going to have a chance to give five of those copies away. But uh, the breaking news this hour is uh, just after the bottom of the first uh, half of our show this afternoon, Scott Husing himself is going to be with us. And um, as that United States uh, Marine uh, who is um, very experienced with uh, urban combat, uh, the type of fighting that we do today, um, he's going to give us uh, an idea about uh, what it was like when he was in Ramadi and going from door to door. And I'm, um, you know, I'm also conscious of the fact that um, there are some um, um, 
uh, videos that have come out of Syria. And uh, I got to tell you, they are very, very disturbing indeed because a lot of the cities uh, are just gone. They are gone. I mean, they've been destroyed between the warfare and uh, using the chemical weapons on their people. And um, so anyway, uh, I'm very much interested in uh, trying to uh, spend some time with Scott to just get a feel and get a feel for you as well how uh, those things uh, sort of shake out. And then coming up uh, in the second hour, we're going to have David Ireland is going to be with us uh, as we move on to our Faith Talk stations and going to have a chance to uh, talk about uh, his ministry and uh, what he is up to in terms of uh, on his mission field for the Lord. He's the lead pastor of Christ Church in New Jersey and going to talk a little bit about uh, church diversity as well as church unity. Very important topics on this uh, afternoon. Well, today's an important day, and that's because, uh, as you know, we are in the middle of Holy Week, and uh, we're going to be getting into the point in time where Thursday night into Friday, uh, we will be thinking about the fact that the Lord Jesus on the Thursday before uh, his um, crucifixion, Uh, He was making his way into the city of Jerusalem. He had sent uh, a couple of his disciples on ahead to secure uh, both a mother, uh, a donkey, and a colt, and uh, to tell the the folks who owned the animals that he was going to have need of them and that they would be expecting him. And uh, so uh, as uh, that, um, that particular situation, uh, happened the last Sunday, and so now uh, we are like three or four days after his triumphal entry. Uh, he is now asking his disciples to go back into the city and to go uh, to uh, the place where they're going to be um, taking uh, Passover. Now, those of you who are not uh, familiar with Passover, that's the uh, very high Jewish holiday that celebrates when um, the Jews were uh, miraculously saved uh, in Egypt uh, by placing the blood on the doorposts. And after many, many uh, plagues and many, many uh, interactions with Pharaoh, it was a celebration of them being able to leave uh, Egypt. And uh, when they were crossing the river, of course, the, the river... Uh, stopped flowing and they were able to go across the river and once they completed going across the river into the Sinai area um, Pharaoh had decided to chase them and the water receded and Pharaoh and the troops that were in that area were knocked out that's the Passover so in uh, in in the time of Christ they were getting ready to celebrate the Passover on Friday night and this year Passover is going to be celebrated on Friday night again. So this Friday at sundown, you'll see that a lot of our Jewish friends who are um, uh, practicing what we call practicing Jews, uh, they're getting ready to um, get together with their family and have a Seder. And um, that night, Jesus was going to be celebrating the Jewish Passover as well. Uh, He was, uh, of course, Jewish. Um, And... um, so he sent, uh, on this afternoon, he sent his disciples ahead to, uh, to secure a place where they could actually take the Passover meal. 
And it was uh, the night that uh, Jesus would uh, share with uh, his 12 disciples, one of whom would um, this very night um, be a traitor to him. He had already made arrangements with uh, the chief priests at the temple to uh, turn Jesus over to them. He was a threat to their uh, power. He was a threat to their control. And um, so tonight is the night that Jesus would share the cup and he would share the bread. He would uh, instill the ordinance of uh, the opportunity to um, remember him and uh, be the night that um, Judas would leave and would betray him later to bring the temple guard into the Garden of Gethsemane outside the walls of Jerusalem where Jesus would be, and that's where he was arrested. It was the night that Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. That's the night that we're talking about, this very night, as we're celebrating at least uh, the corresponding uh, days of the week leading up to um, to not only his death burial uh, tomorrow, which we'll celebrate on, not celebrate, we will remember on Good Friday, and then we will certainly celebrate the empty tomb uh, come Sunday morning. But... Um, for those of you who are followers of Christ, you know tonight's the night that's uh, the night that's heavy on our heart. As he went through the entire evening of being arrested and tortured and falsely accused and falsely convicted, and by the time uh, the sun is trying to make its way around to Jerusalem again, they're parading him to Pilate and trying to get Pilate to to do the dirty deed to execute him and. Pilate really had uh, did not want to have anything to do with it, but uh, finally he washed his hands and gave the order. But a lot of fascinating scripture in the Gospels, if uh, you uh, want to spend some time later on this evening or maybe in the morning, um, just understanding why this is such a, a high holy week for those of us who are Christ followers. And I would uh, challenge you to uh, consider the claims of Christ and uh, to, to consider why so many around the globe will be celebrating uh, tomorrow being Good Friday. We actually uh, honor it uh, with a company holiday here at Salem Media Group. Tomorrow we have uh, a very special program lined up. Uh, It is my Easter um, programming, along with uh, an opportunity for you to hear uh, about how all of the the proceedings of that night – were just illegal. And so we've got a two-hour special on Easter, and that I think you're going to find that uh, very fascinating. Phone lines are open at 877-943-9673. That's 877-943-9673. Glad to have you along this afternoon. And um, when we come back, we've got a couple of things I want to bring you up to date on in terms of uh, what's happening uh, in the world today. And uh, what's that all about? We got the captain in here doing. Hey, Captain, uh, do you know what channel? Do you have Spectrum at home? I'm looking for Sun Sports Channel on Spectrum. I I, I was going to give some updates on the game here, but we have this new cable box, and I have no idea where Sun Sports is. I looked on uh, the Internet. Can't get it from the Internet. 31. Let me try this right now. Three, one. 
That's WFLAO. We are in. We are in. All right. We've got uh, we've got the game up here, so uh, we're going to keep you up to date with uh, opening day at Tropicana Field. Judy in St. Pete, you have just made my day. And so here we are right now. Uh, there's no outs. Uh, we're at the, um, wow, are we top of the second already? Yeah, I guess we had a scoreless first inning, and uh, the Red Sox are up at top of the first, and so we'll keep you up to date. All right, phone lines are open, 877-943-9673. And I wanted to alert you, I think, to one other thing here, as now that we are getting ourselves. It is pretty frustrating when you're trying to get set up before um, the opportunity to do your show, and you can't uh, figure out exactly what a channel is on on the local cable. Hey, but I want to remind you, you know, we had our friend uh, Mike Gallagher on a couple of days ago, and uh, I'm excited for Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, and himself. It's a 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaiian Cruise, and that's going to be sailing from 11th to the to August 11th through the 18th of this year. You're going to be visiting Honolulu, Oahu, Kalalui, Maui, Hilo, Hawaii, Kona, Hawaii, and Nalawili, Kauai. And I want to tell you, the best way to um, have a chance to see Hawaii in a seven-day cruise is to have that hotel room. And then you get a chance to hang out with Hugh, Larry, Mike, and also Mr. Lindell of MyPillow. He's going to be sharing his testimony as well. Rags to riches and a capitalism success here in America. If you'd like to find out more, call 855-655-1335. That's 855-655-1335. Or go to either AM860, the answer, or AM930, the answer, and click on the 2018 Aloha Tour. I'm Bill Bunkley. More of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Pastor Danny Hodges wanted to invite you to two great services Easter Sunday morning. Vinoy Park, downtown St. Pete. Big sunrise service, 7 a.m. Bring your own chair. Second, Mahaffey Theater. Again, Easter morning, 1030 a.m. If you don't have a church to go to Easter Sunday, consider sunrise down at the Vinoy, 1030 Mahaffey Theater. Details at ccfstpete.church. ccfstpete.church. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. 
Get full details on the example policy at slugquote.com slash commercials. Or price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. When was the last time the owners of a heating and A.C. company took time to share money-saving tips on your A.C. system? Learn how to save on costly repairs and maintenance during Keeping It Cool with Lance the Air Guy and the owners of ACS Home Services, Central Florida's heating and cooling experts. Visit acshomeservices.com and listen to Keeping It Cool every Saturday morning at 7 on Faith Talk AM 570, 910, and FM 102.1. Hey, we're back. Bill Bunkley here, 877-943-9673. Coming up uh, in a few moments after the bottom of the hour, we're going to have uh, with us uh, on the air live Scott A. Husing, uh, the author of Echo in Ramadi, the firsthand story of U.S. Marines in Iraq's deadliest city. Looking forward to uh, that story coming up in just a moment. Well, as we look around the state of Florida, I'm going to be commenting about this on Monday. If you are listening this afternoon... You may be a snowbird, okay? Now, most snowbirds don't like to be called snowbirds. But because uh, many of them will be have uh, this day and tomorrow, they're packing up and heading back north at home. Some will stay through Easter and head home. And some Monday morning and Tuesday, they will certainly be heading back. Now, what is a snowbird? Now, a snowbird is someone from the north who has uh, usually retired or is retired and has the opportunity to um, come down and spend two or three months uh, of their life. Sometimes they'll rent. Sometimes they'll have, well, they'll rent a condo, a home, manufactured home, and they come down and join us seasonally. Now, as one who has uh, been a veteran, born and raised right here in Tampa, I've uh, I've been through many seasons because you sort of get uh, through that. Sometimes it's uh, Thanksgiving, sometimes it's Christmas, and you get certainly past the first of the year. And, man, I'll tell you what, they're getting out of the snow and coming here. Now, I must be honest, and I'm going to be writing about this, or it's the subject of Monday's uh, Something to Think About, I know that you get frustrated. Now, I want to tell you, the better thing to refer to these visitors are called winter visitors or winter guests. And by the way, that term was coined way back in 1923. So think about that. The Sunshine State has been a draw for those that come here in the wintertime of the year since uh, 1923. And uh, with that... Uh, many, many years that we've been having the experience of those that have been coming down. And, in fact, it's been a very, very positive place for uh, Canadians. But I want to tell you, now, I know you get frustrated because they're known for driving slow when you're wanting to drive fast. They're known for having large numbers on our interstates and main highways like U.S. 19, St. Pete, 41 down in Sarasota, Bradenton. You know what I'm talking about. Um, And, by the way, if you're in certain areas, (laughs) you know that uh, you don't get a chance to pop into your favorite restaurant as quick as uh, other times of the year because 
they are uh, they are in the house. But um, I want to just remind you of one thing and if you have some visitors that are here uh, you might want to remind yourself that you need to thank them for coming because I want to tell you that the three months that they're here and the three months that uh, we certainly are aware of their presence they do a lot for us I want you to know that they pay sales taxes a lot of sales taxes for the two or three months that they're here they will pay uh, resort taxes sometimes. They will pay other taxes. And, and so guess what? I believe that because of how we've been blessed with those winter visitors, we don't have a sales tax. We don't have, excuse me, a, an income tax. How many other states have an income tax? Let me ask you. Do you have an income tax here? No, you don't. Why? Because... You know, there's pros and cons, but we are very sales tax dependent, extremely sales tax dependent. And so um, with that, I want to just take a moment to thank all of our winter guests, some that may be listening this afternoon, uh, because um, we really appreciate you coming. We really appreciate you being part of our uh, part-time residence here in Florida. And uh, we hope that uh, all of the great weather that we've had the last uh, few months and uh, all of what you've been able to avail yourself of and maybe even some of you are are not listening because uh, you've uh, become Rays fans and maybe one of the last things you're going to do is hit hit the opening day with the Rays. But uh, other than that, uh, we are very appreciative. And um, the the breaking news is is that uh, in another week or two, uh, before the summer visitors get here, uh, hopefully we'll see a little uh, respite uh, on some of our roadways. But um, now I want to give you the other alert. If you're thinking you're going to slide over to Kissimmee and go to Disney and SeaWorld and Universal and all of that, now I want to remind you that um, remember we talked about the spring solstice? Well, guess what? We have a lot of visitors from Central America. Central, Central and Central and South America. Uh, especially, we have a, a large contingent of folks that uh, will visit us from uh, Brazil. And when they are here, they are here in large numbers. So I want to tell you, especially if you were to go shopping over in downtown Disney or, or maybe even uh, one of the places that I always kind of chuckle is if you can get into that big outlet mall right off uh, Interstate 4, you know, between the Disney exit and SeaWorld, because you have to go through a, a winding, uh, you know, two-lane road to even uh, get that, uh, get there. But um, it's interesting because if you were to hit that uh, now in the next few weeks, in the springtime, boy, you would really understand how many visitors we get to our area at uh, this time of the year. So um, with that, uh, we bid you farewell when you're going to be leaving, and we look forward to having you back uh, once again and to be part of uh, our community. Well, let's give you a little update here if you're in your car and uh, not listening. Uh, We've had a a little bit of a train wreck here in the second inning at Tropicana Field. Uh, Red Sox are in the process of doing some damage. Uh, Chris Archer is on the mound. Uh, The score is now 3-0 in favor of the Red Sox. 
and a particular shot uh, that sort of uh, split uh, the uh, right fielder and the center fielder, uh, Kiermaier. Uh, I got to tell you, it was ugly, Mike, because they both went for it. They both missed it. The ball rolled all the way out in center field, and I didn't catch who actually the batter was, but guess what? Not only did he drive in the runs, it was an inside-the-park home run. So, not the kind of day you want to have, and uh, I've been keeping a little eye on Chris Archer here. He's a little frustrated himself, but uh, we're going to stand behind our Rays, and uh, we're going to cheer them on, and uh, as Yogi Berra, the great philosopher, said, and we must always heed the great philosopher's advice, it ain't over till it's over, and we got a long way to go before it's over. Well, have you ever thought about what some of our brave fighting men and women have been through? You know, I like to watch a lot of the History Channel, and when you look at warfare throughout the, throughout the, the years, you knew who the enemy was. But I got to tell you what, this whole idea about urban combat, it's a whole different animal, and we're going to learn from uh, Scott Husing just what that's all about. More of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. Don't go away. I'll be right back. With us are a news on Bob Agnew in Washington. The U.S. says there is no justification for Russia's retaliatory moves to expel 60 U.S. diplomats and to shutter the American consulate in St. Petersburg. The U.S. State Department says that Russia should not be acting like a victim. Spokeswoman Heather Nauert says Russia's actions are regrettable and unwarranted. A Maryland appeals court has upheld a ruling granting a new trial to a man whose conviction in the murder of his high school sweetheart became the subject of a popular podcast serial. He was convicted in 2000 of killing high men Lee and burying her body in a shallow grave. Paul Ryan's future as House Speaker has been a big topic of speculation that uh, even simple questions of whether he'll seek re-election to his Wisconsin seat remained secret. Officially, though, Ryan's still deciding, but a person familiar with Ryan's thinking told the Associated Press today the Speaker does plan to run. This is SRN News. Travel Cats travel experts announce brand new stay and play golf vacations at Sandals All-Inclusive Resorts. Play any of six prestigious courses across the Caribbean with complimentary green fees and transfers, including the Greg Norman Signature Course at Emerald Bay or Journey to Ireland and play on the Emerald Isle. Call Travel Cats to design your golf getaway. 352-277-7300. TravelCats.com. That's TravelKATZ.com. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800 500 5588 
1998. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. You could bring a friend to Christ over bacon and eggs. Dan Shock here. It's time for the 48th annual Tampa Bay Leadership Prayer Breakfast. This is your chance to bring people within your sphere of influence to hear the gospel over breakfast. As Heisman Trophy winner Danny Werfel shares his story. Invite a friend who needs Jesus to the Tampa Bay Leadership Prayer Breakfast. We'd love to see you April 13th at the Florida State Fairgrounds. Register today at tampabayprayer.com. That's tampabayprayer.com. At Mr. Sparky, our skilled electricians can help fix any electrical problem. From breaker boxes to home surge protectors, we'll get your life back to normal faster. Call Mr. Sparky today and get $50 off any repair. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Limitations and restrictions may apply. Each location is an independently owned and operated franchise of Mr. Sparky. Each license respectively in their state or county. Saturday afternoons at 4.30. Join Pastor John Couch for This Day in the Word. He says, if you really want to run hard after me, lay everything on your altar and put your Isaac on the altar and back away and say, God, this is your deal. This is for your praise and your glory, man. I'm all about you. I'm in. This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. Saturday afternoons at 4.30 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. We're back. It is 34 minutes past the hour on this Thursday afternoon. And, um, you know, if you look outside uh, here in West Central Florida, a beautiful day outside, opening day at Tropicana Field. The Red Sox and uh, uh, the Rays uh, have begun their season. And, um, you know, we live in an area that I think is one of the best places uh, in all the world. But also we live in a country where we have been – extremely insulated from the realities of the world. Well, my next guest is uh, has a personal testimony that's hard to match. And uh, he has served our country very, very uh, valiantly, and uh, he is a hero. I'm talking about Scott A. Husing. He is retired from the United States Marine Corps, but you're never a former Marine. He is a Marine. He was an infantry major. And uh, I'm proud of Regnery, our sister organization, our publishing arm, because, um, in fact, it's the book that we've been showcasing this month, and we're going to give away five copies at the end of the month. But um, he is author of the book Echo in Ramadi, the firsthand story of U.S. Marines in Iraq's deadliest city. Now, he retired as a major, um, 24 years of service, and he had 10 deployments. And he has conducted operations in, are you ready, over 60 countries around the globe. But today we're going to talk about one in particular, or at least a country in particular, that is the country of Iraq. He was the commander of Echo Company, 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines, 
he was a part of Operation Iraqi Freedom. And uh, I'm just pleased that today he is in retirement and his wife and daughter live in another beautiful place. My, my second favorite place with the weather is San Diego, uh, California. Good, good marine town, by the way. He's also the executive director of Save the Brave, which is a nonprofit organization committed to supporting veterans struggling with post-traumatic stress. And I tell you what, that is just uh, that is just something that is just difficult. First of all, Scott, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me on with you, Bill. It's great to be on the program and uh, be connected to the uh, Tampa listeners out there in Florida. Well, you know, we're home to a lot, not only a lot of veterans, but uh, we've got a lot of folks listening this afternoon. We have our two commands here, uh, Central Command and Special Operations Command, and I know that uh, they have been looking forward to our chance to chat. And on behalf of all of us, we want to thank you for just a stellar service to our nation. Oh, thank you. Well, let's get into it. Here we have a new form of combat, and as I was mentioning earlier, the last few days I've been watching some of the series on uh, – well, Fox has one on Sunday nights, History Channel, uh, the Heroes of America. You know, the way that wars are fought today, uh, I go back to the Revolutionary War, didn't make much sense, but both sides just sort of lined up out in the open and walked and shot at each other. Then we started hiding behind things, but now this urban combat is a whole other animal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I, I never say that urban combat or asymmetric war is, unique to what we fought in this long war that's still going on in Iraq and Afghanistan and other places. But every every war has had it from Berlin to Stalingrad to, you know, Tokyo to Okinawa in World War II to Seoul and Korea, the Way cities and uh, Vietnam. And uh, I just want to say before I move on is happy Vietnam Veterans Day to all of our Vietnam vets listening today because I love all you guys. Um, welcome home. And their model of leadership and their tenacity in which they fought really paved the way and shaped how we fought and won in the deadliest city of Iraq in 2006 in Ramadi. So the urban warfare that we experienced during that time, which was the key point in military history that literally turned the tide of the war, um, was really a two-year battle that started in 2004 in that city. And one of our Marine Corps leaders recognized that if Ramadi fell, we risked losing the whole province. And that was General James Mattis, who's now our Secretary of Defense. But it really was a battle where the front line was everywhere, and we fought amongst the people, these local Iraqis who wanted peace and they wanted stability. And at the same time, my Marines and soldiers I fought alongside were out trying to kill a faceless ununiformed enemy day in and day out and you know bill it's oftentimes you know the the media portrays the people of iraq in 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 one fashion and you know often refers to them as collateral damage and you know they're people and and they were husbands and wives and sisters and brothers and they all they all wanted a future and they wanted security and and that was a very dynamic situation to be put in at a very young age i was lucky to be a 35 year old captain a commander who had several deployments under his belt and a lot of life experience so the things that these young men and women have to experience day in and day out to experience those challenges in which was absolutely 
some of the bloodiest and most kinetic fighting of the war, those conditions and challenges and the determination that the Marines fought under were unimaginable. But at the end of the day, they did what Marines do best, and that's help those that can't help themselves. And they risked everything to make a difference, and they did. Mm. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the voice of uh, Scott A. Husing. He is uh, with us today. He was a United States Marine Corps Infantry Major, uh, 24 years of service, and author of the book Echo in Ramadi, the first-hand story of U.S. Marines in Iraq's deadliest city. And if you are by your home or office PC or you're not driving, uh, you can go right now to echoinramadi.com if you'd like to uh, connect a little deeper while we're chatting. Echoinramadi.com also reminds you that uh, we have five copies of this fine regnery book that we'll be giving away at the end of the month, and you can uh, register for those on our answer stations. Um, I want to ask you a question. I really want to get into what, what you want the readers to take away, but, you know, one of the things that, that is always on, my, on the forefront is in your time in Iraq and then during the last administration and where we're at today, could you tell us a little bit about how important the rules of engagement are? If you are leading men into these very difficult situations, these young men, and they are showing the, 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 the heroism and the maturity, but uh, a lot is riding on the commander-in-chief, or at least what the commanders in the, f- in the field have allowed you to do in terms of rules of engagement. Could you Could you share something of your perspective on that? Well, the... The Marines on the ground, where I was at that time, Bill, we didn't fight politics. We didn't fight strategies. We didn't fight, um, you know, policy. Uh, you know, we were fighting the enemy, and, and that was very clear. And it would have been nice to have some sort of uh, slogan that said, this is winning, you know, do this and you will win. But I tell every veteran that fought in that war or in that battle, we won. We absolutely won. And that was that was a challenge to continue to inspire 18, 20-year-old men to perform these superhuman acts in the face of great danger as they were surrounded by this complete uncertainty, this indescribable friction that I write about in Echo and Ramadi. And the way I, I looked at them was different because I viewed them through a different lens. I, I didn't really see the, the kids, these 18, 19-year-old kids that fought. All I saw was the Marine. And when I was tasking them to do these things, the way they performed and the way they attacked and went after the enemy with unbridled ferocity, they did it with such honor. And that's what makes me so indescribably proud of the way my guys performed and how everyone performs under those situations because it's the worst humanity has to offer and it's the worst that war has to offer that these young men and women have to deal with. So the tools that were given to them under the rules of engagement went from being in a city like Ramadi where everything was fair game and the rules of engagement were what we call very permissive meaning if there were cars driving on the street they were assumed to be bad guys if Mm. you were out at night you're a bad guy if you've got a cell phone bad guy i mean obviously the guys with the rifles and the ones were shooting at us were bad guys but aside from that it was very easy for my marines to go from zero to 60 and engage the targets with lethality um, and accuracy but when we move to different parts of the country, and when any unit does, where the rules of engagement become a little more restrictive because the dynamics of the city change, those atmospherics change, to get that same Marine to go from 60 to zero, that is a real leadership challenge at every level. 
You know, you were in you were in Ramadi for I think ten months. That is a no, long we were, time. We, we, we were in we were on deployment for ten months. I just want to clarify that we were we were in Ramadi for uh, almost four months, three, three or four months. We we got kicked around a little bit. We were kind of the scab labor of the uh, surge <laughs> strategy, so to speak. We went in as a as a twenty five hundred Marine and Sailor Marine Expeditionary Unit, and that unit got broken apart under the orders of General David Petraeus to fill in those gaps where they needed help the most. And at the time. Echo Company and Fox Company from 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines were thrust into the city of Ramadi because that's where the insurgents had decided to take a stand and fight. And up until that point, Bill, it had become this giant game of whack-a-mole where we continually hammered the insurgents down in one city and they'd go to ground. But during the surge, the intent was to to boil it down is we were hammering them down in every city. And we were part of that surge, and we were there to support – our Army brothers with one 1st Brigade combat team, the Ready First, and all the various commands that fell under them. And we, we did. We moved through one part of the city, conducted business, uh, you know, crushed the enemy into fine powder at times, and then we moved to a different part of the city and worked for a different task force. But that's how they wanted to employ us, and that's how we were most effective, being wielded around the battlefield like this blunt instrument of war, as I was described by one of my commanders, to really take care of business. And that's what we did. Hmm. Got about three minutes left. I'm going to ask Scott to stay with us through the break. But I want to remind you right now that I highly recommend that uh, be a great read for this weekend, or you can order it online, uh, talking about Echo in Ramadi, the firsthand story of U.S. Marines in Iraq's deadliest city. And uh, we are a um, armed forces town here, and we are just delighted to have Scott A. Houston with us this afternoon. Got about a minute or so. Uh, we can bridge this on both sides. But when you go into one of these urban theaters, these urban towns like Ramadi, you know, you've got to develop some contacts. And uh, that can be kind of tricky. But uh, there was a couple of uh, local uh, contacts that really helped you to complete your mission. Let's talk about that for a moment. We'll have to take a break in the middle of it. But uh, getting getting local help is important, isn't it? Well, yeah, you're talking about my interpreters that we had and and the Iraqi people that supported our mission, because without these young, you know, citizen patriots, these 18, 19-year-old Iraqis that risked everything to help us communicate and speak the language, we wouldn't have been as effective as we were. And again, that's the real message of this story is the people, that power of human connection that really gave us the advantage on that, despite being the best military force on the planet, you know, that was our advantage, the people. And although we weren't an elite unit, it was the remarkable character of all my Marines and this remarkable chemistry and that bond and that brotherhood and that power of human connection, Bill, that really allowed us to fight and win in the deadly city of Iraq. I want to tell you when I come back, uh, I want to talk about uh, some of the the heroes that I know are very close to Scott Husing's heart. And I'll explain that in a moment. But I'm uh, going to take a break and check in with our wonderful sponsors. Um, can highly recommend it. I tell you what, got to get your copy. I've been fascinated by mine. Echo in Ramadi, the firsthand story of U.S. Marines in Iraq's deadliest city. This is a story about the real deal. This is a story about our heroes and uh, Scott Husing, who led these, uh, led these young people as uh, their captain, uh, retired as a major. We'll have more of his story in a moment. Don't go away. I'll be right back. 
From LD Entertainment comes the miracle season. Without their star player, West Volleyball suffered another defeat. After the tragic death of volleyball star Caroline Found, West High School's remaining team players must work together in hope of winning the state championship. I told you to win for a line. If we want to show how much we miss her, we should just play with joy. Based on the inspiring true story. Time to take him down. The miracle season. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested in theaters April 6th. More information is available at miracleseason.movie. What do you value? That's what financial planning is really all about. For over 30 years, core values of stewardship, generosity, and contentment have shaped the way Snyder Financial Group helps clients like you plan wisely and leave lasting legacies. Share your values. Snyder Financial Group at sfgtampa.com. Securities and advisory services offered through appropriately registered representatives of the Strategic Financial Alliance. Member FINRA SIPC. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. This is Pastor Danny Hodges. wanted to invite you to two great services Easter Sunday morning. Vinoy Park, downtown St. Pete. Big sunrise service, 7 a.m. Bring your own chair. Second, Mahaffey Theater. Again, Easter morning, 1030 a.m. If you don't have a church to go to Easter Sunday, consider sunrise down at the Vinoy, 1030 Mahaffey Theater. Details at ccfstpete.church. Ccf St. Pete.Church. Bill Bunkley here for my friends at EDI Travel. If you're a pastor of a church or a leader of an organization who has ever dreamed about leading a trip to the Holy Land, be sure to consult with the professionals at EDI Travel. Just named again for the third year in a row, the very best Holy Land tour company by TripAdvisor. EDI Travel will start with what your group wants to see and customize your own very special tour. All-inclusive tour packages are EDI's specialty. The price for your trip covers everything. Flights, ground transportation, accommodations, tax, tips, and admissions, leaving you and your group with no surprises. Whether your group is first-time or returning travelers, they are the professionals who will make the experience great for everyone. Set your sights on Jerusalem, Nazareth, Bethlehem, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, and much, much more. Call now to get your EDI trip planned today at 727-460-1225. That's 727-460-1225. Who's happy to be at the game today? You know who's not happy? Your buddy Pete, stuck at home doing the laundry with his wife, who loves soap operas. Pete should have taken advantage of Sun Country Cleaner's wash, dry, and fold service. With 38 convenient locations in Tampa Bay and delivery, Pete could be here, dealing with overtime at the ballpark instead of dealing with an overflowing hamper. Sun Country Cleaners, let us do the laundry while you do life. Online at suncountrycleaners.com. Saturday mornings at 8, Ask an Attorney with Joe Pippen. And the benefit of the trust is no probate, no guardianship, quick, easy, fast, efficient, and private documents. And uh, in this case, we provided for each of them for the rest of their life with some security factor there and also provided for their children. 
Ask an Attorney with Joe Pippen. Saturday mornings at 8 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Hey, we're back, and uh, I want to tell you that there's so many distractions in life for us to just spend a few moments on this Thursday afternoon when it's High Holy Week and uh, what that means to all of us, but to to really have a chance to just pull over and park and understand the type of um, service and, in some respects, the price that's been paid by the brave men and women who protect us each and every day. My guest is uh, Scott Husing. He is uh, retired, United States Marine Corps Infantry Major. He's written the very compelling book, Echo in Ramadi, the first-hand story of U.S. Marines in Iraq's deadliest city. And, of course, we're talking about uh, the urban combat. I want to mention a few names, and um, I want to give – we just got a few mem- – three or four minutes left, five minutes, but I want to give Scott an opportunity to uh, pay um, – just just to tell us a little about some guys here. I want to mention some names to you, Scott, and then I want you to comment. Um, these were folks who fought alongside Scott. Corporal Dustin J. Libby, Lance Corporal Emilian D. Sanchez, Lance Corporal Andrew G. Meadows, Lance Corporal Anthony C. Malia, uh, Corporal Richard O. Quill, Sergeant Major John J. Ellis, Sergeant Clinton W. Aquist, Lance Corporal Stephen M. Chavez, Corporal Andrew W. Murray, and uh, Corporal Simon R. Litke. Um, who are these men, and why do they have a special place in your heart, they and their families? Well, the book is dedicated to them. And uh, I think that it's no shock that all the tribute goes to those that sacrificed so much and really paid the ultimate price to defend what we we do take for granted here in, in America. And it's because of brave men like those that fought alongside me um, that we can enjoy what we do. And I think there's the whole reason I wrote the book. Um, mm. People ask me, why did you write a book? And I, I say, well, why was it important for me to tell this story? That's always the answer. And it is an important story because they don't have a voice anymore. And these great men and these significant battles of U.S. history can't be marginalized. They, they can't be forgotten about. And it's through those stories that we continue to be good students of history. And it's also through this remarkable family of gold star families that lost everything yet continued to um, love us so much despite their loss. And um, they can only be described as extraordinary people. And Mm -hmm. they, they carry this torch and they shine a light for so many that are still struggling with their own darkness. And that connection is unique to probably only those that have fought and survived and lost and love like, like no other group I've ever known. Mm. That's what the story is about. It, I know the cover, you look at the cover, click on Amazon, you see the cover, and it's this bad, this bad, you know, door kicking Marine with his rifle. But when you open the pages, I think you can attest that it's, it's much more than another war story. It's about the people and the feeling 
and the emotion, and that's what I wanted to tell. And you've done a great job doing that as well. Uh, last question, and uh, and that is, I know we have listeners today, and uh, they've been through hell and back. And so the whole idea of those who came home, it's been a, an element for many, many years. In fact, we just passed a bill to uh, help our first responders that also here in the state suffer with post-traumatic stress because of what they've been through. But our veterans very I got a minute or two left but uh, how can we be sensitive and um what's how's the best way we can support our veterans who who struggle with uh uh PTSD it it's not an easy question to answer obviously but if there was ever a resume builder for a group of guys it would be those that have fought those that are cops those that are firefighters first responders that see all of this trauma in their life and that should be something you should be proud of that you not only experienced it and gave of yourself, but you moved on from it and you healed from it and, you, and you, you've, you've grown as a person and it's made you stronger. And I think that's a real important thing to do. So if the listeners want to help, there's so many ways. Obviously, just saying thank you for your service to a, to a vet or a cop or a firefighter is one way, but there's so many great nonprofit organizations and I dedicate a portion of the proceeds of Echo and Ramadi to the nonprofit. I'm the executive director of SaveTheBrave.org because that's what I do. And I give first, and I think good things seem to follow. And that's just the way I've led uh, this journey. And that's what leaders do is taking care of those under their charge first. And I'm committed to that at the beginning and the end of every day, Bill. That's what really makes me happy. So your listeners can – they could buy a copy of the book today and be helping veterans just by doing that. Or they could reach out to a nonprofit or they could visit SaveTheBrave.org and donate money or time or services. It's, there's so many ways. But uh, at the end of the day, if you're unsure, just say thanks for your service and you're off to a good start. Trust me. Well, let's get a little bit more than that. First of all, I want you to get your copy of Echo in Ramadi, the first-hand story of U.S. Marines in Iraq's deadliest city. Know that some of those proceeds are going to Save the Brave. Also, if you want to connect with Scott, go to echoinramadi.com, echoinramadi.com. And I highly recommend this book. Uh, it's one that you need to get, and the support is super. Out of time, yeah. Scott Husing, thanks for being with us, my friend. But thank you, thank you so, so much, much for your service to our country. Thank you. God bless. I'm Bill Bunkley. I'll be right back on our Fate Talk stations. See you then. amazing song. You know, I've never told anybody my story. From Irwin Brothers Entertainment comes I Can Only Imagine. When I was uh, 11 years old, life was tough. See the film that everyone's talking about. The story behind the beloved song that inspired millions. My dad was a monster and I saw God transform him and so I wrote this song for my dad. I Can Only Imagine. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. Go to ICanOnlyImagine.com Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O. 
S-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. President Trump is threatening to hold up a newly announced trade agreement with South Korea to provide more leverage for talks with North Korea. The White House this week hailed the renegotiation of the Korea-U.S. free trade agreement. But the president told an Ohio audience he may put the deal on hold. You know why? Because it's a very strong card. He said things are moving along very nicely with North Korea. Certainly the rhetoric has calmed down just a little bit, would you say? South and North Korea have announced plans to meet next month in advance of a possible meeting between Donald Trump and North Korea's Kim Jong-un. Greg Clugston, the White House. Russia's foreign minister says Moscow is renewing its demand for access to Yulia Skripal, a Russian citizen who, along with her ex-spy father, was poisoned in Britain this month and reportedly is recovering. British health officials said Thursday that Yulia Skripal, 33, was out of critical condition and is improving rapidly. It was not immediately clear if her condition could allow her to talk with British or Russian officials about the March 4th poisoning in Salisbury, England. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says President Trump supports the Orange County Board of Supervisors vote to condemn California's sanctuary law. The president is encouraging people to follow federal law. Uh, There's a reason that we have laws in this country, and he expects that... uh, individual cities and states should follow the federal law. In a lawsuit against California, the Justice Department argues that the state's sanctuary law is unconstitutional. A woman who died when her family plunged off a northern California cliff in an SUV pleaded guilty to a domestic assault charge in 2011 after telling authorities she let her anger get out of control while spanking her six-year-old adoptive daughter. Sarah Hart's plea deal in Minnesota led to the dismissal of a malicious punishment of a child charge. On Wall Street, the Dow by 255 points to 24,103. The Nasdaq rose 114. More at townhall.com. Dennis Prager here again, happily telling you about Relief Factor and my wife's knee pain that is gone because of Relief Factor. I'm taking it, and it lowers my pain as well. A lot of people have muscle or joint pain. Our housekeeper's husband couldn't work any longer because of back pain, so we gave him Relief Factor, and now he's back to work. Can I guarantee it will work for you? Of course not. But the majority of people who try the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five go on to order more. Give it a try at relieffactor.com. Get ready for Easter right now at Kohl's and take an extra 20% off with promo code EASTER. With an extra 20% off, Girls Carter's dresses are just $17.60. Van Heusen dress shirts are $27.99. Elsie Lauren Conrad dresses are also just $27.99. And Samsonite carry-on luggage is $103.99. Plus, you'll get Kohl's cash right now at Kohl's. Select styles. Offers valid March 29th through 31st. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Britain is a year away from leaving the European Union, potentially with no post-Brexit agreement with its biggest trading partner. And Thursday marks the halfway point since Prime Minister Theresa May triggered the two-year process for the country's departure from the EU. Prime Minister May says there are real opportunities for the United Kingdom when it leaves the European Union. I believe that we can negotiate a good uh, agreement which is tariff-free and as frictionless trade as possible so we maintain those markets in the EU but also that we open up markets around the rest of the world. Brexit is potentially the most seismic change the British economy will have faced since World War II, and the future remains uncertain, with a range of post-Brexit scenarios still possible. 
A highly automated multi-billion dollar plan in Colorado that destroys U.S. chemical weapons is over budget, behind schedule, and beset by troubles that could worsen the danger to workers. It's being built by Bechtel. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Rusty Staub, the flame-haired slugger and baseball fan favorite, has died in Florida. Daniel Joseph Staub, rusty to his teammates and generations of baseball fans, broke into the majors as a teenager with Houston in 1963 when they were still called the Colt 45s. He played into his 40s for the Expos in Montreal, where they affectionately dubbed him Le Grand Orange, as well as the New York Mets, Detroit Tigers, and Texas Rangers. A six-time All-Star, Staub is the only major leaguer in history to collect 500 hits for four different teams. He died in a West Palm Beach hospital after an illness just hours before the start of a new baseball season. Rusty Staub was 73. Warren Levinson, New York. In Atlanta on opening day, the Braves brought out some of their biggest names for opening day. 84-year-old Hank Aaron and his wife were driven around the edge of the field during the pregame ceremony at SunTrust Park. Chipper Jones then threw out the ceremonial first pitch. More on these stories at townhall.com. This hour of the Bill Bunkley Show is sponsored in part by EDI Travel. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Our rights come from nature and God and not from government. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Phone lines are open. In Hillsboro, 813-287-5700 or toll-free, 1-877-943-9673. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around or the true and the living God. And now... The president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley. And welcome back for hour number two of the Bill Bunkley Show on this delightful afternoon as uh, we are, I got to be honest with you, I've got some uh, monitors going here and uh, this is opening day for the Tampa Bay Rays, so I have been keeping an eye on what's been happening over at Tropicana Field. And uh, Rays got off to a rocky start, and uh, the Red Sox took advantage of that. The score is three to nothing, top of the fourth. Uh, great defensive play uh, out of a right field, just um, calls for a double play. So we're top of the fourth. Boston three to nothing, and Rays have got to get the bats kind of going. And Chris Archer is on the mound, so um, we'll kind of keep an eye on that. But uh, glad to have you with us this afternoon. And I want to just remind you right off the bat, we're going to be talking about church diversity as well as church unity. And uh, a little bit later on in our program today, honored to have Dr. David Ireland, who's the lead pastor of Christ Church in New Jersey. Uh, He's a pastor of an 8,000-member congregation, and that church has 60 different nationalities there in uh, in their services there in northern New Jersey, and uh, he's also a diversity consultant to the National Basketball Association, the NBA, and uh, looking forward to uh, speaking with him. And he has a brand new book. We are all one in Christ. 
And in his new book, Pastor David Ireland is a racial and cultural reconciler for God's people. So we'll have a chance to cover that entire waterfront. Now, what I want to do, I want to share a little bit about uh, the importance of this afternoon, this evening, going into tomorrow, because it is um, it is one of the uh, harshest uh, period of, of time, periods of time that our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ had to endure as a human being. But because tomorrow uh, I am blessed because Salem Media is going to uh, allow us, their employees across the, the nation, to have a day off. And so tomorrow we have special programming. I've got my Easter special that will air tomorrow along with um, going to have a chance to uh, talk about the trial of Christ. And so uh, Mr. Pippin, our attorney, uh, you know, in-house here, if you will, is going to be sharing that as well. So that's going to be some great programming for tomorrow. But what that means is we're not going to have a chance to check in with uh, Focus on the Family this week. And we're not going to have a chance to uh, check in with Movie Guide. But, you know, this has been a pretty good run the last couple of weeks in terms of movies. And, in fact, we're going to have an opportunity for you to see um, – Another movie on Monday that's coming out is called The Miracle Season. But before we do that, or before we talk about that, you know, God's not dead. Did you get the memo? And we've had not one, not two, but guess what? God is not dead. Number three is coming out. That's right. God's not dead. A Light in Darkness, which is third in the series, in a moment, we're going to let you have a, a little bit of a taste of that. But uh, God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness, uh, is a story going back to Pastor Dave Hill. Very familiar face, as you might expect. But Pastor Dave faces an unexpected setback when his beloved church burns down, prompting the officials at the adjoining university to try and kick his congregation off campus property because that's where the church is located. Now, the battle lines are quickly drawn between the church and the community as Pastor Dave finds himself at odds with his longtime friend, who just so happens to be the president of the university. Mm, mm, mm. And so as that unfolds, facing a legal battle, uh, Pastor Hill soon seeks help from his estranged brother, who just happens to be a big city lawyer and an atheist in a fight to help rebuild the church, to keep the church and rebuild it on university property. Now, that's opening tomorrow, and since we won't have a chance to discuss it with our friends at Movie Guide, I want to give you just a moment to give you a little bit of a taste of uh, the movie that I'm recommending that might be part of your Good Friday, Easter weekend. Let's listen in. Sometimes all it takes is a spark. The spark becomes a flame. And if that flame spreads, it transforms everything around it. All these years, this church has been here. Now it's the crime scene. What's going to happen when I find them? Put them away, I hope, for a long time. The church has brought nothing but controversy to the school for years. What's the church doing on a state campus in the first place? This was my father's church, and it's not for sale. How do 
do we actually know that our values are any more valid than anyone else's? God called me to fight. God calls you, you call me. His brother is a lawyer. Are you kidding me? What you're doing, it's against the law. We're wasting our time here. We cannot respond to hate with more hate. Is it true? I just don't see God's mercy here, especially not from Pastor Dave. He's human, Keaton. He's supposed to be a man of God. What am I doing wrong? You don't get to play innocent. You did this! The whole world knows what the church is against, but it's getting harder and harder to know what it's for. Seems like you're the one much is being asked of this time. My God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's it's okay to be broken, Dave. It means God's still shaping me. As painful and confusing as all of this is, it just might be exactly where God wants you right now. Without grace is our goal. We're just fighting. How do you define truth exactly? I believe truth is a person. Don't forget, we are called to be a light in the darkness. Sometimes all it takes is a spark. Let love explode and bring the dead to life. Wow, sounds pretty good to me. God's Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness opens up tomorrow. We want to make sure that you knew all about it. I also want to invite you to come join us Monday evening because we have a brand new free movie screening. That's right. Another good movie is coming out called The Miracle uh, Season. We have a free screening at 7 o'clock Monday, April the 2nd at the AMC West Shore 14. The Miracle Season is based on the inspiring true story of West High School's girls' volleyball team after the tragic death of the school star player Caroline Line Found, last name is Found, died in an auto accident. Uh, the remaining team players must band together under the guidance of their tough love coach in hope of winning the state championship. Now, you can see it for free with us on Monday. You can go right now to letstalkfaith.com, letstalkfaith.com, click on the banner to get your tickets. Now, once you print out your tickets, I'm going to suggest you get there about 6, 6.15, get in line. Normally it's okay, but I just want to forewarn you that uh, they will issue more tickets than seats in the theater because there's a no-show factor. And if you really want to see it and not be dis- disappointed, come early. And um, that's going to be, again, Monday, April the 2nd, 7 p.m. at the AMC West Shore 14. All right, let's take a break. And uh, when I come back, I want to share from the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, we want to go straight to the Bible to see what the Bible has to say about this afternoon, this evening, and the overnight in the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And remember, Dan Ireland, Dr. Ireland, up later on during this hour. I'll be right back. In the shadow of your wings Your love reaches to the heavens Your faithfulness stretches to the sky And now, your Pathway Minute with Dr. Robert Jeffress. You see, it's a historical truth, but the body of Jesus hasn't been found in 2,000 years. So the question is, what happened to that body? Who moved the stone and took the body? Some people say, oh, the disciples did it. Really? They lacked the 
moral courage, the physical strength to overcome 16 highly trained Roman soldiers. No, the disciples lacked the courage and ability to steal it. The Romans and Jews lacked the motivation to steal it. The person who moved that stone was God himself. God reached down and rescued his son from the grave, proving that he had the ability to conquer death. The empty tomb proves that Jesus Christ conquered death, just as he said. Pathway Minute is produced by Pathway to Victory. To access the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress, go to ptv.org. I, Luke, send a message to all those that follow our Lord Jesus Christ. From the studio that brought you Risen and War Room comes Paul, Apostle of Christ. There are men, women, children that will never meet you. There must be a handwritten account of your acts. Their faith challenged an empire. Do you really know about these Christians? I am concerned with these documents. Their words change the world. Love is the only way. Paul, Apostle of Christ, starring Jim Caviezel. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now playing. Go to paulmovie.com. If you're an athlete of any kind, then you know about joint pain, muscle pain, and even arthritis. Nearly half of all Americans suffer from some kind of pain due to chronic inflammation. Here's legendary golfer and Anatoblock ambassador, Fred Couples. This is Fred Couples for Anatoblock. It's been great for me and could be for you too. Anatoblock is a breakthrough supplement scientifically proven to quickly and effectively reduce inflammation and get rid of your pain fast. For me, Anatoblock has been phenomenal. I started taking Anatoblock, and within a few days, I simply started feeling better. Anatoblock was an amazing find for me, and I continue to feel better. Call 800-845-1537 to try Anatoblock for free. Anatoblock is now looking for real-life testimonials for anyone who has back pain, muscle pain, or painful arthritis. Just call 800-845-1537 for details. Call today at 800-845-1537 to get your free supply and get out of pain today. That's 800-845-1537. Again, 800-845-1537. The next time you could use a pick-me-up, head over to Godvine.com for uplifting and inspirational videos that you'll truly love. Join the millions of Christians from around the world who watch and share Godvine videos each day. They know that Godvine videos are specially chosen to bring joy and share the love of God and the wonder of His creations. For the very best Christian videos, visit us today at Godvine.com. Saturdays at noon, Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy. People that don't walk with the Lord come up with these questions sometimes. Oh, God, show me your will, and you haven't been walking with Christ. You're going to make some mistakes here if you're not careful. Our point here is to stay in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy. Saturdays at noon on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Welcome back. Bill Bunkley here. And you know that he is the good, good doctor and friend, and uh, you know that he loves you, particularly when most of you listening have had to walk through tough times and tough waters, and uh, you know it's those times where that imp- that intimacy really comes through, and uh, you have an opportunity to build that relationship with him, and so 
Uh, part of that is what this Holy Week is all about. Well, before we share some of that story, I want to remind you that um, I've got about 130 of my kids left. And what I mean by that is I've been praying for about 400 youngsters who uh, have big pot bellies and they have orange hair. They're part of the kids that uh, we are reaching out to in our ministry for food for the poor. Thank you very much, West Central Florida, because uh, we started with 400 children and because of the generosity of many of you listening this very moment. You know what you have given and we have blessed. You may have heard that uh, a one-time gift of $50, $50 would feed a child for a year, and we're going to put in a well or a water filtration system in, in that village that Food for the Poor is working with through the local pastors and local ministries. And, um, well, uh, let me just be very, very frank with you. We have 130 kids left of uh, our goal. And so that's 130 kids that we haven't spoken for this afternoon. So I got a question for you. Could you take uh, some children today? Could you take some children this afternoon? You know, a one-time gift of $150 would um, take three children. It would take us from 130 down to 127. I am committed to um, uh, finishing out strong. Uh, this is our spring missions campaign. But um, I need you to help me. And I need you to be the one to say, you know what? Yes, I, I've been kind of listening, and, uh, you know, I, I want to be a part of this. And uh, I just want to challenge you. If uh, there's any reason for you to say, you know what, maybe I could step up and give a leadership gift. Maybe I could take, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. How many kids you could take, a $50 investment in each one of those, you're going to feed them for an entire year. And they're going to have fresh water so they don't keep getting these diseases. Well, could you uh, call us right now and uh, tell us how many kids our operators are standing by? I need to hear from you today, if I could. 855-353-4673. 855-353-4673. Or go to our website, letstalkfaith.com. It's letstalkfaith.com. A couple of quick reminders. Pastors, the Pastors Masters is coming up uh, a week from Tuesday, April the 10th, TPC, Tampa Bay, 830 Shotgun Start. Make sure you're, if you haven't registered, go to letstalkfaith.com forward slash Pastors Masters uh, to do that. Also, I want to just uh, let you know that you have an, uh, an opportunity uh, to uh, connect with Look Up Clearwater Music Festival and uh, we're excited about that. Uh, we're going to be out there in our bright yellow tent. It's going to be happening on Saturday, April the 14th from 4 to 9 p.m. Downtown Clearwater, Cleveland Street from uh, all the way up to Fort Harrison to East Street. It's free. Go right now to lookupclearwater.com, lookupclearwater.com, and come out and enjoy the Christian bands, the artists, the gospel, the soul, all of those Christian brothers and sisters who are sharing. Well, Tonight is a very special night. This was the night that Jesus began the most tumultuous hours of his life here on earth. Matthew, the Bible in Matthew 26, picks up the story in uh, verse 17. Let me share a little bit uh, this afternoon as we focus on um, what this Thursday means, what Friday means. Now, on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city, being Jerusalem, 
to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. And when evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. And now they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better, it would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? Jesus said to him, You have said it. Verse 26, As they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed and broken and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this very night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you in Galilee. All of this was taking place on this night, 2,000 plus years ago. Verse 33, Peter said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. But Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all of the disciples. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face. And he was praying, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, please let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. 
And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and that he will provide with me more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the Scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple, and you did not seize me. But all that was done and the scriptures of all the prophets might be fulfilled, then all the disciples forsook him, and they fled. Well, Jesus would go on in verse 57 to face the Sanhedrin, and Peter would follow. And Peter would deny him three times and would whip just bitterly. Then they would hand him over to Pontius Pilate, the Roman procurator. Judas, realizing what he has done, he will hang himself. Jesus appears before Pilate. The crowds who are now upset that Jesus isn't the, the, the warrior king, the temple priests work up the crowd to ask for Barabbas, the robber, to be released and said, soldiers mock Jesus, do all sorts of terrible things to him, and then he makes his way to Golgotha. And again, if you'd like to read Matthew 26, 27, it'd be a great opportunity uh, tonight to Sit and meditate on that story and understand what Jesus has done for you, what Jesus has done for me. As my Savior, I put my total trust in him. So I ask you, have you put your total trust in Jesus? Maybe maybe taking some time in prayer and meditation this evening and in the morning about what he has done for you and the price he paid of what Holy Week is all about be a good time for you to come to him. Well, I'm going to take a time out. We'll check in with SRN News. When I come back, Dr. David Ireland is joining me, lead pastor of Christ Church in New Jersey. I'll talk about church diversity and church unity. All that and more in the Bill Bunkley Show as we 
wind down to a very thoughtful and prayerful time in the annual life of a Christian. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Here's the latest from SRN News. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Britain's National Security Advisor says the nerve agent attack on an ex-Russian agent and his daughter on British soil was part of a pattern of aggressive behavior by covert Russian intelligence that flouts norms that endured even during the Cold War. Mark Sedwell said the coordinated response to the attack by two dozen Western allies that expel Russian diplomats reflected a shared concern over Russian conduct, which he characterized as hybrid warfare. Moscow denies any involvement in the attack. President Donald Trump says his $200 billion federal infrastructure initiative is probably going to be delayed until after the November midterm elections, making a push for the plan, which he predicts will unleash $1.5 trillion in infrastructure investment. Mr. Trump said you're probably going to have to wait until after the election. On Wall Street, the up by 255 points, the Nasdaq rose 114. More details at srnnews.com. From LD Entertainment comes the miracle season. Without their star player, West Volleyball suffered another defeat. After the tragic death of volleyball star Caroline Found, West High School's remaining team players must work together in hope of winning the state championship. I told you to win for a line. If we want to show how much we miss her, we should just play with joy. Based on the inspiring true story. Time to take him down. The Miracle Season. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested in theaters April 6th. More information is available at miracleseason.movie. Bill Bunkley here for my friends at EDI Travel. If you're a pastor of a church or a leader of an organization who has ever dreamed about leading a trip to the Holy Land, be sure to consult with the professionals at EDI Travel, just named again for the third year in a row, the very best Holy Land tour company by TripAdvisor. EDI Travel will start with what your group wants to see and customize your own very special tour. All-inclusive tour packages are EDI's specialty. The price for your trip covers everything. Flights, ground transportation, accommodations, tax, tips, and admissions, leaving you and your group with no surprises. Whether your group is first-time or returning travelers, they are the professionals who will make the experience great for everyone. Set your sights on Jerusalem, Nazareth, Bethlehem, the Sea of Galilee, the the Jordan River, and much, much more. Call now to get your EDI trip planned today at 727-460-1225. That's 727-460-1225. Now more than ever, our nation and our leaders need prayer. Join us for the 26th Tampa Bay National Day of Prayer Brunch, Thursday, May 3rd at Armature Works in Tampa. Featuring author and speaker, Christian Talk Radio's Carmen LaBerge. Don't miss this local National Day of Prayer event brought to you by the National Day of Prayer Council and Pray Tampa Bay as we mobilize the Christian community to intercede for America. Reserve your seat today at TampaPrayerBrunch.com. That's TampaPrayerBrunch.com. Saturday mornings at 1030, join us for The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward. The truth that the idea of God being our creator is not just credible, it's not just plausible, it is actually now becoming undeniable. The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward, Saturday mornings at 1030 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com. You gave me the stars, put them out of my reach. Call me the waters a little too deep. Oh, 
Welcome back. Bill Bunkley here on Faith Talk 57910 and FM 102.1 as we are in the midst of Holy Week. And um, I'm very much looking forward to my next conversation because, you know, heaven is going to be a special, special place. And heaven, as I've repeated so many times, too many times to count on my program, heaven is not going to look like your neighborhood. You know, every time I come back in from one of um, my foreign overseas trips representing Salem, and I always remind you that, hey, not only are things becoming diversified in America, I think you're going to be surprised. Those of you who will make the smart decision and trust Jesus Christ uh, as your Lord and Savior and live for him and will share all eternity for him, when you get to heaven, the neighborhood may not look like the neighborhood that you live in right now, and your neighbors may not look like the neighbors you have today. Well, going to talk about church diversity and church unity. My guest today is Dr. David Ireland, lead pastor of Christ Church in New Jersey, and he's a pastor of an 8,000-member congregation, and I'm going to let him tell you about the diversity of that uh, group of Christians. But um, I want to tell you that uh, he's a diversity consultant as well to the NBA. He also leads chapel services for the New York Giants and the New York Jets. I'll forgive him for that and as well as a Pentagon, and uh, we praise him for that, just having some fun here. Anyway, he uh, has a degree in civil engineering, an undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering, a graduate degree in civil engineering, I should say. He earned a master's degree in theology at Alliance Theological Seminary, and he has his doctorate in organizational leadership from Regent University. And uh, he's got a brand new book, We Are All One in Christ. It's fresh off the press. And uh, I am honored to have Dr. David Ireland with us today. And uh, good to have you spend some time with us. Oh, my pleasure, Bill. Thanks for the opportunity to speak to you and your audience. Well, let's talk about diversity. It certainly is a term that's that's, uh, really tossed about in the secular world. But you know what? I think uh, the creator of the universe and Jesus himself, uh, I think they had a whole lot more to talk about what true diversity is all about from a biblical perspective. Share, share something about that. Well, it's always been God's heart, and that's why he created us to be different in terms of how we look, our culture, our language, as well as even our ethnicity. And so the church, based on Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, the Great Commission, the church is called to be diverse. When Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, that word nation there in the original Greek, in which the New Testament was written, is the word ethnos, and that translates into the English ethnic. So we're called to go into all the world and make disciples of every ethnicity. And as America is increasingly becoming brown, that means, as you mentioned, when we go overseas, we see different coloration and hue and pigmentation of skin of people. And so the, the same thing's happening here in America. In fact, the sociologists are calling it the browning and the tanning of America, which suggests that as the, as the nation gets more mosaic in terms of its coloration, then the church has to be able to reflect that. It should reflect the neighborhood in which we live. Mm. And I have said, uh, well, since forever, that I'm not one that buys into race uh, because we all came from Adam and Eve. Uh, we all then had to come through uh, the flood, and so uh, I've always talked about the fact that we have uh, different pigmentation in our skin color, but certainly I don't buy into the, all of the race part of it. But nonetheless, this the environment that we live in today with uh, some of the perceptions of that. 
talk about diversity because I know where you are at uh, there in New Jersey. What a remarkable! You have sixty different nationalities there in uh, the Christ Church there in New Jersey. Talk about that because uh, God uh, really put this in your heart many many years ago, and uh, He has seen to it that your congregation certainly is uh, somewhat unique to other parts of the country. And it's not necessarily even the country, Bill. Uh, and we do have some 60 to 70 different nations that call Christ Church home. And what I've learned over the years is that reconciliation must be an intentional process. Prejudice is everyone's problem. Reconciliation must become everyone's responsibility. And it was in my heart when the church first began, in fact, two weeks after the start of the church, my wife and I planted the church 32 years ago, and she was, at that time was expecting our first child, and she asked me to go to the grocery store to pick up some items for her. She had all kinds of you know, desires for odd combination of foods that I can't comment on, having never been pregnant. But uh, when I went to the grocery store, I picked up one of those little red hand baskets and was going down each aisle putting the various items that Marlinda wanted into the basket. And I remember getting to the top one aisle. I took the item off the shelf, put it in the basket, and I just happened to look down the other end of the of the aisle. I saw African Americans, I saw whites, I saw Asians, I saw Latinos, I saw biracial people. It was very stark, the diversity that was at the other end of the corridor or the aisle in the supermarket. And I was 24 years old at the time, as I said, just having planted Christ Church with six other people. My wife and I made eight, and church is just two weeks old. And I'm here in that supermarket, and at that time, I heard for one of the first times in my life, Bill, the audible voice of God. Mm. And the Lord said to me, David, why can't it be like that in my house? And I started weeping uncontrollably. And I want to give you the backdrop from an emotional perspective. If you ever watched the, you know, the science fiction Star Trek, I'm the Vulcan in the Star Trek. I'm the guy that just just the facts. I don't need any emotions. And here I am in the supermarket crying uncontrollably, not one of those nice, quiet, a coiffured kind of cry where you just dab your eyes because tears may just slip out. I'm talking about bawling like I just lost my firstborn or something. And uh, you know, God placed on me that day the thing that bothers him. And, uh, and, and I've been chasing after it for these uh, 32 years, and I'm still passionate about seeing us bridge racial and cultural divides, not only in the church, but in the broader society. Mm. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the voice of Dr. David Ireland, the lead pastor of Christ Church in New Jersey, written a brand new book. Of course, uh, we're excited because it's part of our regnery faith, uh, which is uh, part of the Salem Media family. One in Christ, bridging racial and cultural divides, and it's a, it's a book that I highly recommend that you get this afternoon. Now, 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 Dr. Ireland, when you turn on the evening news, you've got all the talking heads, and, and you hardly can go a day or two without somebody giving their opinion about how we do this thing called racial reconciliation. But, uh, I, you know, God's called you this ministry many, many years ago, and so I want to ask you, from God's perspective, uh, from the Bible, what does the Bible have to say, and what are the steps to racial reconciliation as a nation as the Bible would teach us? A great question, Bill. And my response is that reconciliation cannot be legislated politically or can't be a government-censored or pushed response or responsibility. Reconciliation is coming together socially, and it starts off with one person, 
desiring to connect with another. And in fact, so in my book, I'm not talking about the problems. I'm talking about the solutions, and more particularly, coming at it from a coaching perspective. John Wooden, who is the former basketball coach of UCLA, UCLA once said, a coach is someone who can give correction without causing resentment. And so I looked at the Galatian 2 model, as you talked about going to the scripture. I looked at the Galatian 2 model and saw how Paul skillfully coached Peter to become cross-cultural. Peter was not comfortable being in Gentile settings, particularly when it came to mealtimes or social times. Mm -hmm. And so as a consequence, the way Paul coached him was, first, there was confrontation. And the confrontation occurred publicly because Peter's infraction was public. But the coaching steps has to take place where one is willing to then practice advocacy. Paul was an advocate for his congregation. The Antioch Church was his parish, his baby, so to speak. He was the senior pastor there, He and, along with Barnabas. And when Peter came there as a guest to visit, we don't know how long, but he stayed for some period of time. Antioch was the first cross-cultural, multiracial church in the New Testament. And so Paul, being an advocate, an advocate is someone who takes the place of someone else, who represents someone else's interest, and is able to as passionately and persuasively convey what that person's interest would be. So if I'm an advocate for someone that is Latino, and I'm African-American, by the way, if I'm someone who's representing someone that is of Hispanic descent, I must know their views, I must understand their values, I must understand their perspective, and it doesn't mean that I share it. It just means that I know how to communicate it just as if I was representing them. And that's what Paul did. Paul represented you know, the, the view of the Gentile and the view of, I would say, more of a Christocentric, Christ-centered view before Peter, correcting Peter and adjusting Peter lovingly, gently, but firmly. And so that was a, that's one of the principles of, of diversity or of building diversity, and that's being an advocate. And so I challenge people to be advocates for their neighbors, their friends, their coworkers, and uh, fellow congregants. And as they do that, you'll find that people want to befriend them because they know that you care for them. And so that's one of the principles I use when I'm coaching people on cross-cultural, when I'm offering them cross-cultural tips. Mm. If you're just joining us again, the voice of Dr. David Ireland, lead pastor of Christ Church in New Jersey. If you'd like to connect with David, uh, you can go through his website at davidireland.org. That's davidireland.org. And you'll want to get a copy of his brand new book that just was released uh, literally days ago, One in Christ, Bridging Racial and Cultural Divides. Dr. Ireland, I know pastors, uh, of course, here in Florida, and I know pastors who have had a heart to build a diversified church. But let's face it, one of the most, uh, at least here in Florida, one of the most segregated times throughout the whole seven-day week is on Sunday morning. You know, we have uh, white churches, we have black churches, we have Hispanic churches, we have Korean churches. And I know pastors, and they may be, some may be listening this afternoon, they really have a heart, and they have worked at uh, reaching out to build this multicultural um, congregation, if you will. But uh, sometimes it, 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 it certainly is easier than it seems. Talk to them a little bit this afternoon, because I know they have a heart, but it's just, it just have not found the, the right key, and, and the Lord hasn't opened that up to them, at least to this point. I appreciate you bringing and raising the issue, Bill. And I would say to the pastors or any of the church leaders that are listening that 
This is doable, but it has to start off on, with several pieces of information. When I did my doctoral dissertation, I did it on the black-white relationship in large multiracial churches in America. I went across the country evaluating and assessing and trying to understand why churches were racially diverse. And I defined diversity based on at least 11% of the congregation is of a different racial makeup than the majority. That said, there are four reasons why the church becomes racially diverse. And all of them, all of those reasons fall under this umbrella, this principle called the social exchange theory. And I don't want to be over technical, but I'll say it this way. That principle simply says the only reason why someone of a different race is going to come and connect with you is that they gain something from being in your world that they can't gain from being in their own. And as I mentioned, there are four reasons. One reason is the sovereignty of God. And so we'll put that to the side because none of us can control that. Like what happened in Azusa Street in 1906, you know, the revival that mm-hmm. broke out, it became cross-cultural, multiracial. People craved the presence of God. That's an that's a example of the sovereignty of God that brought about something that was multiracial in terms of uh, congregation, people worshiping together. The other three reasons we can control, and the one reason that the church becomes cross-cultural, multiracial, is the worship experience. Something happens in that worship experience that is so transformative that people long to come and long to experience it. And they'll drive by 100 churches where everybody in that church looks just like them. They'll drive right by it without any hesitation to come to that particular church because of the worship experience. Second, the pastor. Not the preaching, the person. Mm. Something flows out of the pastor's life that is so life-giving bill that they will drive by a hundred churches that are of the same racial makeup of themselves to get to that church because of what they're gaining from connecting with that person that pastor that they can't gain from being with others of their own ethnicity or race and the third is the sense of community when they go to that church they experience community a deep sense of belonging in other words, they could say, it's my fam- mi familia, this is my family. And uh, they sense this, uh, this air of welcomeness, this openness, this acceptance. Even if they may be the racial minority in that place or among the racial minorities in that church, they still feel that. And so it's amazing, though, that all these three reasons, whether it's the pastor, the worship experience, or the sense of belonging, all three may not be at work in that particular church for it to be cross-racial. At least one of them must be at work. Mm. And when one of those principles are at work, it becomes, it becomes a lot easier than, than, than without it. So I, I just want to pass that on. But again, I try to coach you know, the leaders on these things because some of these things or these practices or these tips, these actions, we don't even realize that we have it. But I commend the pastors who want to build cross-racial, multiracial, multicultural congregations because... It's where it starts. It starts in the heart. But they have to say it publicly. There was, you know, when I went through even the statistical analysis, there was a direct correlation between pastors who got up and publicly said, I value people in my life who are of different race. When they said that, made that statement publicly, there's a ripple effect that goes through their congregation, and the congregation begins to take on the, the coloration of what that pastor so, so espouses and communicates. But then I challenged the pastor. I said, pastor, you've got to walk this out in your own personal life. 
That means when I, if I come into your home and I look around your dining room table when you're having a dinner, a dinner party, a birthday party, I'm seeing people of different races there. And when I see that, that's where it starts. It doesn't start in the church. It starts in the house, in the home. It starts at the diner. It starts at the restaurant when I see diversity. Mm. Now, we're just about out of time, but I wanna, I was going to ask a question about um, perceptions over, say, the Black Lives Matter issue. But I want, I, want to, I want to bypass that because what's important here, we've just talked about how pastors can take these, these steps. But I want to tell you that it's up to each and every one of us to be an individual reconciler, just like Dr. David Ireland was called to several years ago. And I want to tell you that his brand new book, One in Christ, Bridging Racial and Cultural Divides, um, is a guidebook on how to do that. And I want you to get a copy of that. But just in a couple, two and a half, three minutes that we have left, Dr. Ireland, talk a little bit uh, about the, the main issue. How, how are we to become reconcilers in our everyday lives? Great question, Bill. And I'll say it this way. Every single day, we have to have people in our hearts that are different than ourselves. It starts off that way. When we love our neighbors as we love ourselves, what Jesus says, it's appropriate in this area. So how we walk it out is by the co-worker next to us. When it's lunchtime, let's go and sit and have a bite with that person that's of different race. Let's invite someone out to the local restaurant that's of a different race and get to know them. One of the principles I espouse in my book, and by the way, the book is not just for pastors, it's for any leader for not only the church setting, but also a secular setting that says, I want to be coached in becoming more cross-cultural. And some people say, well, I don't need coaching. When I work with the New York Giants and New York Jets through the chaplain's office there, it is amazing that these professional football teams, they have at least 15 coaches. And these professional athletes, I don't care if it's for the Dolphins or for you know, the Dallas Cowboys or the Jets, they're the best of the best, the best of the best in their field because to make it in the NFL, you've got to get to that level where you're one of the best in the world. And yet these professional athletes who make a whole lot of money, they have 15 coaches on average to help them get better. The purpose of a coach is not for the scrubs. The purpose of a coach is for the good ones, the ones who say, I want to get better, I want to improve. And so that's what coaching does. But I will say to people, as I know we have a moment here before the program wraps up or this segment wraps up, I would say to people, if you really want to be cross-cultural, learn to be a student and put people who you come across you may not be familiar with, put them in the category of teachers. When you say to someone, I'm not well-versed in the culture in your culture can you teach me about it what are the foods that you like what are the what are some things that i if i say would be offensive to you automatically everyone wants to be a teacher and when you put yourself as a student they will start teaching with a big smile on their face because they know you're a learner Mm. well i want to tell you we are flat out of time but uh, i'll tell you what uh, dr david ireland has uh, shared in these few moments about uh, uh, something that's center for the Church of Jesus Christ here in America, Christ Church, and that is we are all of one body. And uh, as he said, uh, as we are becoming more of a brown nation, we all need to understand how to come together. His book that I highly recommend, One in Christ, Bridging Racial and Cultural Divides, will help you to understand, I think, what God's telling us to 
uh, be on the front lines of being a reconciler. And, of course, uh, you can connect with him at davidireland.org, davidireland.org, especially for many of you pastors or lay leaders that are listening who would like to uh, take this a little bit deeper. Dr. David Ireland, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. I wish we had more time, but thank you for your insight today. My pleasure, Bill. And people can also go to oneinchristbook.com, oneinchristbook.com to get more information. All righty. Thank you, Doctor. Good to have you with us. Bye-bye. All right, that'll wrap things up on this Thursday edition. Coming up next, my pastor, Dr. Ken Witten, Living Truth Broadcast, The Kiss of Death, Part 2, from Matthew 26. From all of us, wish you a thoughtful Good Friday and a blessed Resurrection Easter Sunday morning. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.